Hey, what's going on, my fellow nostalgics? We are the official 90s Babies podcast. I am one half of the show, your host, Quay Morgan Hill, along with my co-host, Kevy the Dreamer. And we have another great episode lined up for you today. So make sure you grab your drink, baby, because we got all the feel-goods coming today. We got another child actor from the hit show from Nickelodeon, Taina Latangela. How are you, beautiful? Hello, how are you, beautiful? You look beautiful as well. Um, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I appreciate you guys. You know, I know it's been a minute. You have been reaching out. We've been trying to get this all linked up and the stars aligned. So I'm glad to finally be here with you guys. And I appreciate you having me. Yes, welcome, welcome. So I cannot say Taina without like singing it. Taina. Girl, listen. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Who created that song? Who created it? Yes, that's a hit. So, it is. It is. Um, actually, the creator of the show, Maria Perez Brown, actually um co-wrote the show with, I believe Chuck Charles Giscombe. If you look him up, and and um, we also had um, oh my God, I'm drawing a blank. Um, what's the guys that were with um? Lisa Lisa Cult Jam. The guys okay. Jam. I started yes, to say them or Full Force, one of the two. Full Force. Mm. Full Force. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So definitely Full Force. Um, so they worked on the music as well. I think so. I think it was Full Force and Maria that actually did the theme song. Okay. And um Chuck did the rest of the soundtrack music. So I believe that's how it went. Yeah. Okay. I love it. Yes. Y'all need to do like a a, a newer version of it. <laughs> Listen, yes, we need your version about it. I've actually tried to put it together. So I've been talking to Chuck um, recently to see if because he I don't have any of the masters or whatever. We were Nick. It was Nickelodeon Jive back then when we were. Okay. So that's that's where the music was done. And so Jive no longer exists. Um, mm. I don't know who has the masters at this point. I'm sure it's Nickelodeon owned. But I mean, even if we were to do the songs as covers, like my whole thing is. A lot of people wanted, you know, me to 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 release some kind of music or for us to do some soundtrack stuff. So um, I think with them, it was just kind of getting everybody together as far as Chuck is, goes and trying to get in contact with the people that have the masters. Because my whole thing is like, I want to do it, but I want to like remix it. Like I'd like to do it, you know, like kind of kind of how um, they did the Proud Family, the remix for the Proud Family. Who's that? Yes. Right. Yeah, so like you know, something that could actually be on the radio because they kind of sample that stuff now, but mm -hmm. just take our songs and just redo them because Chuck is really dope. Like I loved working in the studio with him because he knows his R and B so and he can sing. You know, so it's always good to work with a producer that can sing. Oh wow! <laughs> okay. Right. <laughs> okay. That's on awesome. that note, on that note, Latangela, what was it like working with Lisa Lisa? Because listen, you took me back with her. At first, I didn't even realize that it was her. Like she aged so gracefully. And then when I did my research, I'm like, hold up, because my dad wore out. Hold on. I have okay, I drew a blank for a second. I wonder if I take you mm -hmm. home, wore that out, and she is just, oh my gosh, what was that experience like? Let me tell you something. Lisa is, I'm a, a you know, she's she's my big sis. And I'm a, I've always been an old soul since I was a child. Yes. So she me and her instantly clicked. So that is my sis. Like I'm all of them are family. But when mm -hmm. I tell you, like, you know, we were chilling 
most nights together. We were cooking together. We were grocery shopping together. Lisa don't drive. She didn't drive back then. I don't know if she driving these days, but I got it. <laughs> so she was like, I, you know, she's always with me. We were always, I always took her wherever she had to go and we were close. We're still close. So um, yes. she's, she's I love it. She, she's so regular. She regular. regular. She regular. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she is, she just down. Like she's so down. She's so cool. And she, along with the rest of the cast is like always down for like a reunion or, or a special or a reboot or anything. She's, she's here for it. So. Okay. Hey, we need that in our lives. Yes. That yes. Awesome. That show. Butt oh. off. Like Lisa's selling out arenas, like all over the place. Mm-hmm. So I need to I need to hit a concert. We need to, you know, do that. So I definitely want to do that soon to see one for concerts. So yes, yeah. I would love I'll to see there. her. That would be a good spot for us all to like meet up. So oh, okay. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So take us back though in time. How did you get started on Taina? How did that even come about? Oh my gosh. I've always been like, I don't know, I guess I came out the womb performing uh, if my mom. <laughs> would say that and we were just talking about this because she's like you should write a book and I'm like everybody tells me I should write a book but I feel like it's still there's still a story happening so you know I should make keep a journal probably at this point mm. but um my mom is a performer as well you know she comes from gospel and you know my, my granddad was a preacher so she always was a singer um and then when um you know, I came about, I just wanted to do something. So I started off doing pageants. Like I was always in my room, you know, it was 45. She had, she had a bunch of 45, not that that was really my era, but she had a bunch of those 45 records and like the record players. So I would go in my room and I was like, it was, but it was like salt and pepper and stuff like that. So I would start and start and stop it. Denise Williams, Black Butterfly would start and stop it. Write down the lyrics. Yes. Okay. I was going to write down all the lyrics so I could perform it. But like, when I was, I think I was like, I don't know, two, two and a half. I was in a diaper. I know that. But my mom always tells the story of like us being in this little like small apartment. And it was like a long window. It was like, you know, top to bottom, like one long window in the in the living room. And I would, I found a little mic and would perform with that mic in the evening to the teenagers. They would come and watch. They'd be hanging out outside. So they watch me. And so I would perform every night. She's like, you would do that like every night for like a couple of hours. <laughs> and then when I was like... Five, you know, we lived in this our, our family home when I was five. I used to perform to the traffic. So my brother's friends always tells the story of them coming home from school and they're like, every day you'd be at the edge of the driveway with that damn hose. We'd be like, she she better do something. <laughs> she better be on TV or somebody's star. So and I did it, but <laughs> so they love, love to tell it. that story. Um, but yeah, I, I went from there for the pageants. Uh, I did pageants for a while. Um my mom, you know, she was she was here for it because she was a performer. So she was excited. Here comes my dog honking. Um, but she was excited to have a kid that was a performer as well because my brothers were not, you know, into it at all. So once she had me, she was excited. So she was supporting everything. And she was like, hey, get out of here. Um, she was so like, she she was like you know whatever you want to do we're gonna figure it out we you know we're gonna do it and so you know I could go on and on and on with like story after story of how we did it but um, eventually I ended up going to uh, Biloxi and doing a seminar there and getting an agent I think I might have been I don't know maybe hey twelve or something like that and um, and ended up you know getting an invitation to go to New York. 
And that's when I, I had a manager and just kind of really got started in, in the business from that point, you know. And I was I was overseas in between intermittently. I was, I'm a military brat. So, okay. yeah, I lived, uh, I was born in Germany, but I lived in Turkey and Saudi Arabia. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, so it's, it's a, hold on one second. Hold on. Let me, let me do something with this guy. Hold on. You're good. <laughs> I know I can't wait to see my name in lights. Hey, no <laughs> one's gonna stop me, you see. <laughs> okay, get it then. Get it. <laughs> if you can hear me. I was like, that has to come out because it's in my head. <laughs> I'm like, as soon as I pull out the medicine, he takes out friend. And so I'm like, you want medicine? You want something? <laughs> 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 so hopefully he'll stay back there. But, um, but yeah, so there's a there's a ton of stories in between. But like, long story short, I've always known, you know, have always found a way to get on the mic, even, you know, in school, I'd get on and do poetry. I used to write poetry as well. So I'd get on and do my poetry every morning for, for during the announcement. Like, I just would okay. find a way. <laughs> yes. So basically, you know, we ended up in, in New York, like I said, and then I, you know, slowly but surely, it took a while. I did a lot of little things. But Taina was my first big television role, like any television role, really. Like it was okay. the first and the and the biggest and the only. But the other stuff I did before that was like extra work and industrial work and you know okay. small commercials that you know well com some commercials that did air. It was a couple that were pretty big that aired. But um, yeah. So Taina was the big break. Now, okay. is it true? Is it true that you were in Mariah Carey's fantasy video? Because I yes. saw that. Okay, yes. that's amazing. Yes, yes. And it's uh, some people say they can see me, some people don't, but I, we literally were like right behind Mariah on the on the roller coaster up at Rye. Um, okay. Yeah, Rye Playland is where we shot it. But it's like the way they kind of blur out the background behind her is why it's weird. So I'm, I'm mm -hmm. like, yeah, whatever. At that point, I had done. Jodeci's Get On Up, which you see me really well in. Um, and That's my jam. Okay. It was, okay. So <laughs> it was so fun to shoot that video. Oh my gosh, it was. We did that. It was like two days. Um, Casey had a crush on my mama. Ah, okay. So that was fun. And then, um, the group DLG No Morida, uh, that video was fun as well. They that was the jam back then. And then um, Deborah Cox. Mm. Where do we go from here? Oh yes, okay. Yes, oh, that wow. was yeah. I think that was it. And then I just, I don't know. Even then, I was like, you know, it was it was cool because we were always trying to do little stuff to make money. You know, you can sit in audiences and make money. You go to the court shows and make money, like. It's expensive to be in New York and we're trying to stay here. So we would do stuff like that, not really just because we were trying to get camera time or anything, just because it was a chat thing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> something to do. Um, so yeah, so those things, but but after a while it was like, I don't know, I just you know how it was back then with the whole video fixing thing. And I was a kid, but I right. also I was always very clear. So no, I was never put in a compromising position by any means on a set, but on a yeah. music video set. But I was always really clear on 
what I wanted my career to look like, like very early on. I was just like, I, I but I want to be a real actress though. So I don't want to keep doing music videos. Like I paid a lot of dudes doing extra work. I learned a lot. These kids don't know. They'll never know. <laughs> they I will feel never you. know. I feel you. <laughs> what yes. it means to hit the pavement like we used to. Like you got, yes. I respect it now, but trust. Like I was hitting it when backstage was a paper. We didn't know online subscribing and nothing you go buy the paper at the little 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 kiosk little bodega whatever it is and you do Mm -hmm. that every week every other day whatever it was um you know you picked up physical headshots you dropped them off you you know when when your agent wasn't calling it's like we moved to new york for this so i gotta stay busy so my mom was out there you know finding stuff for me to do and and ways to kind of just stay in the mix stay in the loop of things so yeah it's, it's a different world, but I respect it, you know, but I just like, y'all have no idea. The grind is so serious. Absolutely. <laughs> there was no social yeah. media really, so I know that had a no. factor. N- exactly, exactly. And then it's just like I said, like, I mean, nobody treated you like a kid. Even when I did extra work, I used to do Law & Order a lot. So I'd be out there in the streets, like, freezing. Your, your feet become blocks. There's nothing you can do. Like you're outside. Um, what is it? That was that movie, Sunset Park. Oh my god, it was like a blizzard happening in Bed-Stuy, in Brooklyn. We did that for a few days, and we're outside. Like, I mean, even the holding area in the school or the church was always in a church, always cold <laughs> in the mm. basement, and then vice versa when it was hot, you know. But the cold was the worst. I could deal with the heat, but like Mrs. Winterbourne, we did Grand Central Station, and that's when it was hot. It was like we were smothering down there in that station for hours, and you just they just don't know, like, I mean, but I, you can't complain, you can't, and a lot of times it wasn't because of the check, it was because of the SAG card, too, like, you did so many SAG okay. productions back then, you got the mm-hmm. waiver, so then you could join the union. Right. Oh. I wanted to be in the union, you know, Atlanta set up different, where it's like a work to hire state, so this is kind of new for me, but then it was like, because after I got tie-in, I had a week to join, and so Oof. my whole check. Went to the went to the union, but I had no choice, you know. Right. Hmm. Listen, Latangela said, Latangela said not to cut you off quite. You said you outside, but you ain't that outside because she was outside <laughs> for real. Okay. Don't you outside. No, sir, no ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> but that's real talk though. They will never appreciate the the hard work that you really have to do. We have too many overnight celebrities, you know, <laughs> going on right now. And people that's getting famous for really nothing. I mean, I, I you know what? Me, you know, me and my peeps talk about this all the time. Like, just give us the blue check mark, though. Like, just go ahead and give us the verification online, and it would it would change the game a little bit for us. It would bridge the gap a little bit for us because we we don't really we respect it. Like I said, the new lanes that have been created, and Mm -hmm. and and in some ways, it is beneficial. Like, hey, you know, I appreciate self tapes. You know, at this point, even though right. it's a lot of work to put them together, but it's, you know, I used to do the open calls and traveling and all that. So it's a whole nother story. But, you know, a lot of times for us, it's like, even, you know, I don't have that many followers. I'm not real savvy with social media. I just got kind of hip to the game a little bit. But, but we know, know who you are. But don't get like, caught up in that. Yeah, but it's like, you know, Taina or Maritza memes or whatever will go viral like every few months or so. And so yeah. I'll just reply 
because you know mm -hmm. somebody got their first million views post in the opening credits for Taina, and I think they had like maybe seventy thousand TikTok followers or something wow. like. That. And so it's like that type of stuff where it's like, but I'll comment, you know, especially if somebody tags me or, or fans tag me. So I'll comment. They're like, oh, my God, it's really you. Some other people will find it and then they'll come follow my page. But yes. I'm just like, see what I'm saying, though? If we were verified, at least we could get our organic fans to be where we Absolutely. are to kind of keep our eyes on us. So it's a little tough, you know, because even somebody like Giovanni Samuels. Has like yes. you know maybe forty thousand, forty five thousand followers on Instagram, and still is not verified. Um, I don't know. Lisa, Lisa just got her verification. Like she had to fight for it. That's what? insane. That's Why insane. Why would she have to fight for it? Out of all right. the people, I was like, out of all of us, though, like yeah. we've been doing this though. Like, so yeah. she really is the icon of the group. Like, why does she have to fight for her verification? Like, that's really crazy. She's touring all the time. You know, she's she's visible. Um, I think Selenis Leva, because she did Orange's New Black, I think she might have her check out of all. Yes, TT Rosa. You know, she was like, I don't care how many Orange's New Black scissors I do, I'm always TT Rosa. Yes. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but you know what? We. Every event, I'm always Titiro says. So she, me and her were actually writing a pilot together. Like we Ooh. were writing a reboot pilot at one okay. point. Um, we were close to the to the pickup at one point, and we kind of just don't know what happened uh, behind mm -hmm. the scenes. But it's did you so watch Orange Is the New Black? Yes, of course. Yes. <laughs> that was a good, that was a good series um, right there. Yes, it was. So she she hit one when she got on that. So yes, we were all like. Did that. <laughs> that so is it true that Tyena truly got canceled? I remember, okay, so I'm a for real 90s baby. And like that was my joint. Like you heard me singing just a minute ago. Like I I'm like in my head, like we're like brother and sister right now. Like I love you. Yeah. Like I mean, first of all, I and I don't mean to be a little long-winded, but no, I good. first first of all, I want to give you your flowers because, and this is no shade to anybody else, but when I think of Taina, I think of Maritza. The mean oh, girl. I really, I really have to really be on air and like looking at the camera and say like Maritza was the star of Taina. I really believe that. I really think that, and I mean, I'm not trying to shade anybody else because I think the whole cast as a whole was so talented. Um, but when I think of the show, I mean, I just think of Maritza just, that when Shade popping off, singing her ass off. I remember, <laughs> I think this was recently a clip, but I remember Maritza, um, I, somebody had tried to call her, maybe it was Taina. And it was like, you know, the old school, like 90s, 2000s voicemails where you're singing and you're like, I can't come to the phone. <laughs> and she was so, no so after hitting all the notes. And I just think of that. So first of all, I just want to give you her flowers, but I say all that to say, um, I was a for real fan. Like that was my show. Like that was when I was coming into puberty. I think I might've been 10 or 11, you know? So like, I could really understand everything, not just as a kid watching Nickelodeon, but I could really just watch it and understand what was happening. And that was my show. So I remember always like researching what happened to Taina. And if I'm not mistaken, like, I, I don't know if this is true or not, but the rumor was always that it appealed to more women than men. And I'm like, if that's the case, I'm the number one fan right here. Like, what is going on with that? So talk to us about that process and what that was that like. Was true. That, okay. it, that was true that they said that it was um that it was appealing more to, to girls than boys at the time. They really wanted to 
to to create a show that appealed to that demographic. Okay. But it is what it is. Like boys in general mm-hmm. don't really sit down and watch Nickelodeon the same way girls do. Like right. and, and like boys that are that were like boys that want to go out and get dirty with the knee caps out. Right, or, right. Or whatever. But then we did have boy audience. It's just kind of natural. I think Disney probably falls the same way. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, especially when it's when we're singing, it's performing arts and it's you know, right. whatever. Um, but they tried to up the game of the boys' storylines a little bit more with, um, um, you know, with Lamar and his filmmaking, and you know, David with his, um, with his, with his instruments, and so they just tried to give them more of a storyline to appeal. But that's what was said to us. But at the end of the day, it was like when we premiered, uh, we were second to the Super Bowl that night. Like wow. great. I rem- yes, I remember. Yeah. It was a it was, whole phenomenon when your show came on. It, I remember. It was crazy because it was so different. It was just, yes. you know, what we needed culturally. And yes. I think that's why it still resonates to this day. I always mm-hmm. said, I was like, you know, I even though we only lasted for those two seasons, like I couldn't be more grateful, though, to have mm-hmm. been on a show like, I mean, outside of like a Martin or a Cosby show or something like that. I mm-hmm. mean, Taina you would have thought it was on for more seasons because of how it resonates to this day. And I think mm-hmm. because it did give us something to look at that looked like us and give us, you know, oh, mm-hmm. I can go to performing arts school. You know, these are like yeah. regular kids going to performing arts school. It's not rich kids. You know, they're not acting all privileged. They're acting like roundaway kids like me. You know, mm-hmm. Marissa talking about weaves and stuff, even though she was a little right. bougie. <laughs> you, know, you know, it still was relatable, you know, and, um, we're getting on subways and all type of stuff, you know, and stuff that kids t- could could relate to. And honestly, it was just like my high school, like for real, for real. Like my high school was like that. It was small. I always say I went to the real life fame, real life time. Um, 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 That's what it makes me think of, fame. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Yes. yes. Uh, real life mm-hmm. MSA, like it really was. Like we used to be singing and dancing in the hallways. And I went to, to school around the corner from LaGuardia um, in real okay. life. So, but it was professional performing arts school. So it was a small version of LaGuardia. So we uh-huh. were like family. So it was it was the best high school experience. Oh my gosh. Like no football team and all that. We didn't do all that. Uh, <laughs> Alvin Ailey. You went to Alvin Ailey. <laughs> 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 something like that. But you didn't right. know. We have no sports teams. And so it was all about performing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah. So it was... But they, I don't know, like, uh, it, you know, there was also some issues, too, with um, the politics of, like, the contracts, because, <laughs> excuse me, <clears throat> Christina, we had, music was tied up in the show heavily, and mm-hmm. as a part of our contracts, we couldn't do, like, outside record deals or anything until our contracts were fulfilled with Nickelodeon, because we were supposed to do not only the soundtrack, but um, Rich had a solo album coming, Christina had a, Taina had a solo album coming. It was a lot of stuff tied up. Maritza also wow. had a spinoff show that we, was in effect. It was a lot what? happening. Um, yeah. Oh, my and, goodness. Yeah, so she, you know, we sometimes, we were kind of grown playing younger, you know? Mm-hmm. So mentally, we had this issue of like, you know, uh, by the time we aired, I think I might have been like 19, going on 20. Okay. All of us a couple years apart. We just playing younger, right. you know? So it's like, we had to be on our P's and Q's, how we acted off camera, if we happened to be out in public. Certain things that, you know, and, and Christina was a little rebel at the time, a little bit. 
Like, shit, I'm grown. Like, y'all don't <laughs> So, like, you know, she wanted to sing as well. And she was signed to Will Smith was her manager back then. Oh, I remember what? that. Okay. Yeah. That is yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. What uh-huh. happened? So, I know, right? So what's the what's the video? If you look at the music video, he dropped the single for one of the soundtracks of those uh movies. It's it's not is it Wild Wild? It's not Wild Wild Men in Black, I think. Men in Black. Okay. One of those videos. It's him. Christina's in that video. She's singing the okay. hook with Will Smith. Um oh, but yeah. that's time to Overbrook and um Will and Jada were managing her. So she kind of had these conflicting world, conflicting worlds of like, I don't know, you know, I, I know that Taina is what is is making me a star right, right. now, but I also have these opportunities to sign with MCA and do it like kind of adult record. And we didn't have the example of like what Zendaya is doing, you know, or what even Miley did. Some people's like she would bend off a little, bend it off a little quick, Miley, <laughs> but okay. You know what I'm saying? She made it work. Yeah. So it's like, but we didn't have those examples yet. So it looked like we were setting ourselves up to be kids for life. And we were never going to get out of that box. We were thinking about like, you know, other examples of people that got put in that box and never got came out. You know, the Gary Coleman's and the, you know, mm. the, the different things that you're afraid of, you know, where it's like, okay, well, I don't, I want to do this, but I don't want to be stuck here. And so because we didn't have those examples, she was really confused about what it is and what would be the best move for her to make at the time. And, you know, signing with MCA and doing the stuff over there with Will kind of conflicted with what we had going on con- on, on the contract side with Nickelodeon. So ultimately to, you know, the demise of the show. So that maybe along with the ratings was, you know, um, had a factor in the decision make- making because I know... For a minute, they were in limbo. We were on hiatus, and they didn't know what they were going to do. And um, I was up for half and half at mm. the time. And okay. so because I was, we were still in limbo with the hiatus thing. They were like, we can't let her go. So if we come back for season three, we can't do it without Maritza. So we don't want to. And during that time, it was no double fisting like that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the char- I would have done, I would have been playing Essence Atkins' character on half and half. Wow. Okay. okay. Yeah, so I would have been a recurring, a series regular. Yeah. And so I couldn't do both that and Maritza because you know, Maritza was originally supposed to be on for six episodes. And Ooh. once we were filming, you know, mm-hmm. the, the president was like, no, let's write around all of them. So that's why first season, you might see me walk in and out of a scene. It's not as okay. much because they wrote me in a lot of those episodes last minute. Okay. So once I became series regular on Taina, there was no, it's not like it is today, which is great. I'm so glad that it's changed, but <clears throat> you couldn't do like, you could do a walk on day player, guest star. But once you created enough of a character on another show, that was, that was no, no, you know, so. Wow, that is me. so crazy. Why was and that? I, it was like, you're, you're Maritza. How are you going to be Maritza? And I don't know what S right. character is, but it's like, how are you going to mm-hmm. be both? Like right. and now if, if we people are both all the time. Yeah. Yes. People, you know, and it's nothing. But we are just it's it, it, it used to be it used to be crazy even with commercials. Like if you even if it was a national like Colgate commercial, like something huge, state farm contract type deal. If you are a film star, a TV star, you're too big for that. So you couldn't do that. It wasn't a good look back then. 
I don't even damn with the check with like the residuals because my you know those national residual checks that things be crazy. It's not like that like it used to be that often now. But it was like no. So Brad Pitt in a Colgate commercial would be doing here. They would yeah. not. It didn't look right. But now it's like and so they used to go overseas and get like a million dollars for like a Colgate commercial in Japan because they were Brad Pitt. So they go over there and get the check. Now it's different. You know, now you might see Brad doing a COVID commercial. And it's nothing like so. Some things it's really it was stupid. So and that was one. So they were like, no, we can't let her out of this contract yet until we know what we're gonna do. And so then have mm. have that and move on. Mm-hmm. So we were all like, well, shit. And then I found out I was pregnant with my son shortly after that too. So everything happens for a reason. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So why isn't Tyena streaming? That's another thing we don't know. I mean, Peacock has it just, um, uh, what Pluto has it just for um, in Spanish, but that's it. It's like, I don't know. You know, so many people are missing out on it. Yes. Yeah. And Absolutely. they want to their kids. They want, you know, we aired in 35 countries as well. So uh, we aired a little bit longer in like the, the Asian countries in UK. We were big in UK, France as well. But um, yeah, we don't know why they will at least won't stream it again. You know, if if they if they did a um if they like streamed it and then did a reunion special like and mm-hmm. had a post where we told like behind the scenes stories like they did right. a Martin that you know they did that Martin special back in the day where they told like remember this episode with such and such whatever and it's it it'll be something and I think yeah. the response will be so big from it that they'll consider but I'm like you gotta see the movement online though. Like Nick mm-hmm. Rewind will post who remembers Taina and then it goes crazy, gets more views than anything else mm-hmm. they post. Shade Room will post us and it'll yeah. get, you know, crazy views. Like it happens so often, y'all have to see. So oh, I believe you absolutely, because I mean it was for us. And when we when we get behind something and we believe in it, that's it, you know? That's yeah. it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And it, I mean Everybody, they're sending me like spec scripts. <laughs> it's like where we could be now. And it's like, what if Taina came back as, you know, like everybody is just so into it. Like TikTok goes crazy over. So I don't know. I mean, yeah. we're here for it if it happens, but. Yeah, there should be like a Taina all grown up. Yes. Yes, yes there should be, be like, awesome. there should be like Maritza and Taina or, you know, you both made it. And I mean, there could be so many pitches for that. That well, is so many. I mean, we were even yes. talking about, you know, doing some sort of de- deal with us being faculty at MSA. Now, Maritza is probably like a one hit wonder. You know, she <laughs> had a little hit, came back. She don't know. Now she's like, you know, maybe real a, bougie. <laughs> real bougie probably like donates to the school and she's on the board and everybody has to like consider her opinion, even though they hate her still. Like, you know. <laughs> She gives us so much money. We have to listen to her. <laughs> you know, I love it. I, I feel so cheated from when you said Marissa was going to have a spinoff. I would have been because Marissa, I love Marissa. Like, <laughs> I love uh, playing her. I appreciate that. I love playing yes. her. Like, everybody was like, you know, you should have been Titan. I was like, no, I played who I was supposed to play. Yes, like, you played mm-hmm. that part, honey. You sure did. Because yeah. she confused me. If you look at my yearbook, let me tell you something. I'm the only one in sequence for. <laughs> Uh-uh. <laughs> and then, uh, like, yeah, down the hallway, this would be like, I'd be like, do, 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 do. I'd be like, do, do, do. I'd be like, do, do, do. Come on, fabulosity. Right. I love so it. I'm in a 
interested to know, did you have a MySpace page back then? And if so, what did it look like? <laughs> oh my God, I did. I did. I was one of those ones that was trying to get the little background that nobody else had. So I was trying to code <laughs> stuff back then. Yes. It had like, what did I have on my background? I think I might have had some Taina stuff at one time. I don't even remember how I used to have my MySpace set up because um, I was all into music at one time too. So mm -hmm. I had like something that kind of looked like a little album cover or something in the background, like my, my my CD cover or whatever. But I cannot remember. I cannot. That's so crazy. <laughs> now, did you did you ever do music? I did. I was I was in the studio more than I was acting at one time. Yes, because listen, like, that voice. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yes, yes, no, I was before. I mean, my, like I said, my mom was in the music, and when when it was like dope yeah. moments, so I wasn't getting the casting calls, going to audition. She was like, "What were we doing?" You know. So I was in the studio heavy at one time, like close to a record deal. Um, I signed uh, with the with the Mechadon at the time. That's the guys that that brought Adina Howard out. So okay, oh. yes, yeah. Yeah, so I was signed with them for a while, and you know we were close. We had a close thing going with LaFace Records at one time. They never it was close. Oh. It didn't happen. But yeah, I was mm -hmm. like kind of that was I was heavier into the music than than acting. Like I was going to school and taking the train to DC and recording. Me and uh, Raven Simone was in that studio too. And so Ooh. we were in the Horizon Studios um in Maryland. And I used to listen, I had crazy teacher and um middle school as well. So I had a guy did from middle school to high school, but like my middle school teacher thought she was a college professor. So the workload was stupid. And so <laughs> it'd be like this paper is half your grade. And oh my God. So I would like, my, my handwriting still is trash. So like I would write it up and I was writing and trying to like be in the studio writing this paper and I would give it to the receptionist. Like, yeah, could you type it for me? And she'd be like, I can't, I can't read this. Like what, what should be in there every five minutes? Like, what does that say? What is, what is this? And I'm on the mic trying to sing and she's typing up my paper and then we're on the train back. Like I didn't sleep. I took naps even as a kid. So it's like, you know, I, I that's why I say people don't know. And like, and people are asking me about their kids being in the business. I'm like, there's no such thing really as kids in the business. Like they're little grown people with guardians. And so it's yeah. like if they can't handle <laughs> being on set and you know doing whatever, then don't yeah. do it. Wow, it sounds like it's tough work. <laughs> it is. It's a lot of hours and you know, if your kid has has a behavior problem or anything like that, it's just it's a rap, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's just not a. Would you allow your son to act? Oh yeah, he's twenty now, but um, he definitely. Yes, I know, right? Oh my god, time flies. He's my Girl. baby. When nobody says my baby, oh. <laughs> <laughs> my baby. But he is actually doing music heavy. His dad is a musician as well. But okay. when he's younger, like he's a natural actor, it pisses me off that he doesn't want to act. Promise you, because he's so good. <laughs> he's so good. Me and um, we were going to do an independent film at one time that never saw the light of day. It was just we were rehearsing and working on it for a while, and it didn't make it. But he, we were playing. I was actually playing his older sister in that. He was younger, and uh, but he used to cry on cue like he was so good. So, oh wow! Yeah, I was just thinking that y'all should do something when you said. I him. know. I'm still yes. working on it though. Like I'm like, if okay. you're doing you're in the entertainment field you're going to see what it is everybody's doing everything these days so yes. you're doing something 
<clears throat> excuse me, at least a walk-on role, you know, or something. And I, I think he'll see that he'll like it. Like you can choose, pick and choose what you want to do. You don't have to do every role, but yeah, you know. I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us about your book that you wrote? So yeah, military brats was just. I, I'm always like, you know, I don't. I try not to keep my hands idle for too long. So it, <laughs> it, I have a million ideas. So I'm like, okay, well, there's nothing else going on. Let's go ahead and get on this book then. But it actually was started off as a cartoon. And so after Taina, I pitched it to Nickelodeon, and okay. they were they had it on hold for a while uh, as a cartoon, but. Nickelodeon's so serious. It's like SpongeBob and Ren and Stimpy and all that stuff back then. So it wasn't silly enough for Nickelodeon. So they did end up passing on it. I sat on it for a while, but again, some years, fast forward some years later, when I, you know, kind of was in between stage, I picked it back up and I was like, well, what about doing a book? Because um, the the cyberbullying thing was big too. And I think that's what kind of brought my mind back to it. It was big uh, as far as like, you know, in the news. I'm sure it's still a big deal. But as far as in the news, we were hearing about it all the time and kids commit suicide and they were like 10. And it was just like, what is happening? And I knew how much my son was on, you know, his his little iPad or c- computer or whatever. And, um, you know, just thinking about him being subject to being bullied and even teachers bullying kids and all that kind of stuff. And so he didn't have that issue, thank God, at the time. But I'm like, what if he does have it? So it just made me think about it. Then it made me think about the book. So I added the villain of cyberbully to the book at the time, and I made it an anti-cyberbullying book when it wasn't before. It was Uh, okay. um, Yeah, I was like, there's nothing out here for little kids that's not scary um, Mm -hmm. when it comes to cyberbullying. Like, you got... 10-year-olds, how do you explain certain things to them without scaring them to death? You know, or making them paranoid. It's like the boogeyman on the internet to the kids almost. So it was kind of like a way for me to package that for smaller kids. Because even I know in Florida, it's mandatory for um, cyber safety curriculum is is mandatory. Mm. So it's a part of the curriculum in school. And so they need that everywhere. Mm-hmm. Exactly right, and so when I toured the schools, you know, the the um, teachers and stuff was like, "Well, we want to recommend this as part of the curriculum because the one they had was just so boring. The kids just were not. They were like, Shh. but you know, the story <laughs> was funny. You know, and, and the military brat story is funny. It's multicultural, like Taina tried to make everybody like you know look different and and different colors, different voices, different size, you know, whatever, and um. They're like, this is so much more fun. And Military Brats was a series. So I am working on turning it into a curriculum and maybe offering that to the schools because it's needed. It really yes. is. No, yes. It is. Mm-hmm. That's the blessing I right there. That. Yes. Yes. So it was fun touring that, um, doing doing the tour for that book. You know, it was just like I, I saw a lot of different schools. I did about 50 schools, um, Florida and Texas and my mom was on that tour with me um, as well. She helped me put the book together. It was fun and we got a good reaction. We got um, in the state of Louisiana, we were honored with the mayor actually you know, with the military on on Purple Up Day and stuff and we were interviewed on NPR and we're also um, in, in some libraries in Vail and, and Florida as well. It, was, it kind of was like a little bit more than we expected. We were like, oh, okay, we didn't know people were going to like it this much. All right. So I hopefully I'll pick it back up soon and kind of, you know, I had to, my publisher closed. She was small. And so she closed and I couldn't handle everything alone. So it's one more thing that's sitting there that I'm ready to revisit, but I want to get it republished again. So 
Okay. I like that idea. That's really yes. awesome. I love yes. everything helping the youth. Yes, yes. And hopefully, you know, I'm always dreaming big. So hopefully, you know, we'll become a cartoon one day. But even also, it's like a character. So Sesame Street's always adding characters that are, you know, kids can identify with. So, mm -hmm. you know, even on their USO tour or something like that, I think that would be a good addition. So, yeah, yeah. So tell us more about Shark Tank. Yes. How was that experience? Oh, gosh. Again, another one of my times. So I have nothing else to do. <laughs> that, that honestly is like, I'm. that's the other side of me. I'm a nerd. I'm half nerd. Um, little country, little rock and roll, I'm telling you. Um, <laughs> and I love documentaries. I love like business stuff and the profit and Shark Tank and all that kind of stuff. And um, so, you know, I said, if, if I ever come up with something one day that I could take on the Shark Tank, then um, I was going to go. And so I cook as well, you know, I was a single mom. And so I'm always cooking. And, um, you know, I just got tired of the grease and being in my background. And I mean, being in my, being in, in the house and seeing the coffee cans collect in the background. I was like, oh my God, something's got to go. <laughs> like, so I- The mason jars. <laughs> man. And so they were picking up trash um, at my building, but they were like throwing it on the trucks. So it was like valet trash, but they were throwing it on the trucks. And so the grease was going everywhere. And they were like, look, they left a note on my door. Like, you got to do something because like, it was a nice complex and literally like the rats were running. They were like this big. I opened up my door one day and they were like, one just ran past my foot. I was like, <gasps> like I'm <almost> <laughs> I almost died, like, on the spot. Like, for real. Oh. <laughs> so I was like, okay, all right, you're right. I got to do something because I, I can't do this. I cannot have one of these come in my house. So, I, no. So, yeah, and so I just got back to work. I mean, me and my brother talked about the grease thing years ago, but never really. We were kind of thinking of complicated solutions. But this was like, okay, let me, let me think about this again. And um, I went back to it and just started doing my research and came up with the product. And I was like, you know what? Okay, this is something I could take to Shark Tank. And um, that year they were doing an open call in Dallas. And um, I was actually working at South by Southwest. Like uh, a few days before the open call, I got my prototype in the mail, maybe the day before my open call was. Yeah, day before my open call, I got the prototype in the mail, had it expedited and was number 453 in line. Hmm. And stood outside all day <laughs> for the open call for Shark Tank. And eight months later, I ended up on the show. Like, it was literally an eight-month-long casting call. I've never been through anything like that in my life. <laughs> yeah. And I've, oh, done wow. open, I've done open calls. <laughs> I did for the, for the Glee project that was almost as crazy. But, yeah, Shark Why? Tank. Why so long? I think it was the time of year that I had auditioned. Because it depends on what time of year. Because they do a few open calls throughout the year, depending on what state you're in, whatever, whatever. So I forgot what month it was, but literally it was like, you know, they're going to, because they're going to end the open calls all together at the same time. They do the online applications. They're going to close those at the same time. And then they're going to go into the process of like round after round and then cut everybody down to that. 180 that they fly to LA and then only 100 air. So it's like whatever, wherever you land in that time frame, they're going to end everything at the same time. So it's like if I, 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 I probably auditioned more towards the beginning of that process. More so as if you audition maybe closer to 
the end date of everything, then your process might not be as long as mine. It might be, you know, because okay. I, I auditioned a month before everything ended, you know, type scenario. Not me, but somebody else may have done that, you know, and so it was a month before the deadline of everything. You know, they cut off the applications. They cut off the open calls 30 days before I auditioned in my open call. So now I'm in the round after round process, which is another couple months or whatever. So, yeah. So it depends on kind of where you, my auditions, you know, fell earlier in the process. So, yeah, it was crazy. Um, but they did tell us, they were like, if you don't hear from us 10 days later, probably not going to hear from us. Move on with your life. You know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so I think they called me maybe like eight days later and was like, you're moving on. And I was like, yes. But I had no idea how long this process was going to, excuse me, was going to be. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. But, um, and it's a real deal. Like, you really have to have your business stuff in order. That is real deal. Mm -hmm. Um. There's one take, you walk out and I, and I, I'm a, you know, I go in when it terms in terms of research. And so, you know, one of the Shark Tank secrets because they're casting right now. So if anybody's watching this, um, I'm thinking of, I did a workshop last year, but I think I might do it again. Um, I'm going to simplify it because last year was like a whole thing where we re really went in depth with people um, to kind of help them. So it's like, let me just leave it up to people. If they want that much, then you can always kind of do more. But I just probably do like a $30 workshop where it's just, you know, an hour or two where everybody can come and just get the cliff notes on Shark Tank. Because you think it's just like 40,000 people apply. Wow. Plus. So yeah. And so from that point, they're going to cut it down to 100 that actually air. Even when they fly you to L.A., it's not guaranteed that you're going on the show. You have to audition one more time for the producers. And then they're going to decide if you're going to go on the show. And they'll let you know in your hotel that night. So just go home, go to the hotel, just wait. They're going to let you know. And then you'll find out who your sharks are in the hotel. Oh. If they decide you're going to go on. Yeah. How do you work past that? That's like a whole Listen. bunch of nerves. That's like Listen, I fried chicken for the sharks for real. Like for real, for real, I fried chicken. My homegirl took me to the grocery store and I had my little seasonings from home like mixed up in a Ziploc. And I was like, girl, I got to go get chicken. You know, bring me a fine frying pan, come do my eyelashes. Like, so it was my homegirl. So she came out there with her boyfriend and we did all of that. And girl, let me tell you something. When I did that audition in front of the producers, I was like, I'll see y'all tomorrow. Ain't no way. I went through all of this and y'all flew me to LA and I'm not getting on this show. I was like, mm -mm, I'll see y'all tomorrow. I know that's right. Okay. I'm marinating chicken tonight too. Uh uh, my suit is white. I got a fried chicken in my suit. No, I'm, 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 I'm going on this Period. Show. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I got on the show. <laughs> I love it. That's how you do it right there. Yes. Yes. But I had like, I'm so strategic. Like I had planned to be, a, after all of that, like, cause you have to write your pitch and everything. And the producers don't write anything for you. They give you tips, they help you. They might be like, you know, I would take this out, try to rewrite, whatever. But it's on you to try to sound compelling and do your whole like um, pitch for the show. So I had wrote mine to the point where I'm like, I want to be in the commercials. I want the sound bites. I want all of that. After all of this, <laughs> I want all of that. And I promise you that's how it went down. Like the commercials, everything. And they continue to air my episode like over and over. So I, I'm so appreciative to appreciate appreciative, sorry, um, to Shark Tank and you know the ABC because that is 
so much visibility and you yes. know for the advertisement. And I got an offer. I didn't close my deal with Barbara. So that um interview was in Cosmo. You can uh I did an interview okay. with Cosmo. And so they were like, you know, it's refreshing to get a different perspective because everybody has such a success story. Mm-hmm. And mine is not necessarily the case. Um, so I have a lot of exposure without the investment money. So we're still, you know, it's kind of a slower battle for me. And also the grease problem is like, we all yeah. know about it, but we don't think about it. So right. I think mostly my problem is not problem, but but part of the uh, work that I have to do is educating. And um, we're also, you know, doing a lot of business with the city side of things and the government side of things. So, okay. you know, the, the, the different tape that I have to go through, I mean, it's different. You know, and it, it takes longer. So it's a small, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's a smaller, smaller climb for me at times. But this is going to be a real big year for us. Um, and um, so I'm grateful. I'm grateful for Shark Tank in that process. But I'm like, look, if I can do it, anybody can. Like literally, anybody can do it. But you really just have to have the aptitude. But like, it was a lot of work. Um, I studied the sharks. I mean, studied the, the the contestants on Shark Tanks that 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 I got deals that didn't get deals. You know, I listened to their interviews afterwards. I listened to their process going through the audition process because I didn't have I don't have a degree in business or anything. You know, so everybody's like, you going you going on Shark Tank? You going on there by yourself? Mm-hmm. You can do it. You can you handle it? And you got to have a real business though, too, right? You can't just have like a side hustle. You got to have it structured properly. Yes, you do. They're going to do their due diligence. They're going to do that. Um, Most people like I had X amount in sales. I didn't have any. So, you know, that might be because a lot of people told me that too. Like, you know, most people got like a million dollars in sales even before they go on Shark Tank or whatever. And I'm just like, or at least a couple hundred thousand. And I'm like, yeah, they do. But this is a good idea still. So I'm going to give it a whirl. So um, when Shark Tank first started, they were doing prototypes and it was a whole different thing. But now, not so much. But um, but I didn't have anything but a prototype. I had no sales. It was just me. So I did make it to the show and did get an offer. And we did negotiate for a few months. We just couldn't come to terms on a lot of things but um everything happens for a reason like I said but you just have to study like you know I I, I'm small business development center there's one pretty much in every major city but it's such a great free resource for people if you are trying to put your business together if you're thinking about going out for Shark Tank but even if you're just an entrepreneur and building a business in general like from trademarks to LLCs to to patents to you know, of uh, uh, manufacturers to whatever it is, they're just a resource. Um, hey, and um, they're part of. Sorry, so bad. Um, they're part of the SDA. So um, you can just look that up in your city and see where the SDDC is in your city, and they're free. And they okay. help me get on Shark Tank. Seriously, like mm. help me. Love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, so hold on, I was gonna tell you one more thing, but go ahead. <laughs> He's like right here, he wants to be right in my face. But <laughs> but um one of the things I will say for anybody, like one small tip for them if they're going out for Shark Tank is like if you happen to get on the show, 
one thing that you'll never really know. It's the it's a small tip that you know I learned studying the other contestants on Shark Tank and studying the sharks as well. Know your sharks. There's a lot of new sharks since I was on. So just do your research on the sharks. But one thing that that is a trick is like when you go out, right, and the doors open, the cameras pan, right? And they pan for like 30, maybe six. I don't know. Maybe it's a minute. Feels like forever. But you cannot pivot. Like you have to watch, like you have to be there, like, like <laughs> like with the sharks. And don't move. Do not fidget. Let me tell you something. The ones that fidget do not get a deal nine times out of ten. Okay. Don't, don't do all that. Because they're like, you you couldn't even, you couldn't, you saw. You couldn't even hold your ground for 30 seconds. We don't want to do business with you. We good. Moving on. <laughs> I know that's right. So you gotta that's be ready, camera like ready. Yes, and 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 just you know be strong with it and do your pitch and don't yes. you know don't let them shake you. And so I always tell people that that are interested in Shark Tank. That's my number one tip. That's something you have to dig really deep to find out. So you know that's it that you never really know. But I happened to find that out, and I was like, oh, running with that one. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any goals that you're working on this year? Really? Yes, what is next business. for you? Oh man, scaling this business. I really, yes. really want to scale grease bags um to, to where it's supposed to be and really kind of, you know, just get it's it's an environmental problem as well. So I'm really proud of the invention. I'm proud of, you know, kind of what it's doing for the environment and how it's helping. Household grease is like a bigger problem than people realize. It's the one thing that that they can't capture, you know, because when it comes to restaurants and stuff, they have trucks that come pick that grease up and turn it into something like biodiesel fluid or um, other green energy producing products, which is great. But when it comes to household stuff, we're polluting the environment more and we cause mm. a problem and they can't find a way to capture that grease. So when you look at the numbers, it's like we, it's the worst problem. You know, it's 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 worse than anything else and so um the city spends too much money on pipeline repairs when it's just a simple solution you know to the problem so that money can go to other stuff <laughs> that we need so it's something i'm passionate about so i really want to scale that i'm also you know back acting again um okay. i'm yeah i'm in atlanta now so i i was just getting my feet wet here for a while so i've never stopped but it was like you know mom first you know, I was single mom and I was, you know, it was, it, life happened. So I never was like just going to be having my baby sleeping on couches in L.A. and stuff like that. So it was like wherever I was at, I did what I could do. Um, and I wasn't always in the most popping of markets or anything like that. So, you know, finally now I'm here in Atlanta, which is a good place to kind of revamp everything. And um, I'm on my second agent now. <laughs> I would say I've been here for like almost four years. So I'm on my second agent. She's great. She's amazing. Um, I love the agency I'm with now. Um, just made a year with her. And right before our year anniversary, I booked my first supporting role in a film, which is a Lifetime movie that's okay. coming out. Yeah. Okay. So, yes, I'm doing that. I'm playing a sibling with Remy Ma and Tammy Roman. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how much they want me to tell about the story. It's not, I mean, I have a, a, a lot of screen time, but enough. It's good. So I'm, a, I'm one of their siblings. Um, and it was unexpected, honestly. Like, I auditioned for this over Thanksgiving weekend in a hotel room. I was in the mountains with my parents and, you know, tried to knock it out <laughs> in the hotel. And lo and behold, so you never know. You never know what's going to be the one. But it was such a good Christmas gift. 
And so awesome. I'm going in. Congratulations. Yes, we can't wait to see that. That's exciting. I, know, I can't wait. I'm like, oh my God, it's the first film I've ever done, really. <laughs> like, ever. <laughs> like, I had a little, like, one liner in an independent film with Dennis White when I first moved here. It was my first audition here. Um, there's a movie called The Prayer. And I was literally, like, one line in there. Um, but I did book that role. And, but this is, like, you know, the first one that everybody's going to see. And so I'm grateful. I'm so grateful. So I pray for more roles. Yes. You know, pray that I can. I'm just acting again. And then we're praying for that reboot. Like, yes. we just want to do it or reunion or something. Yeah. You know, but I, I pray to get back with them. I really, we really like family. So I really miss the cast. Everybody misses each other. So it'd be good to to do something in that lane this year. And um, other than that, whatever comes, you know, people ask about the music. I'm open. I always say I'm open to it. But I'm not really like pursuing an album at the moment. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm definitely open. Okay. Yeah. Well, we are waiting for you, girl. Whatever you yes. want to do, we will help you to, you know, promote it. Yes. We support I you know. 100%. You guys always have our back. I appreciate it so much. And, you know, we're always here, even though it gets crazy. And and I'm manifesting an assistant. Let me put that out there in the universe. You heard me? You heard me? <laughs> <laughs> Listen. <laughs> I need another set of these right here. Yeah. <laughs> I understand but that. You have to keep up with me. That's okay. the problem, baby. Listen, I wear a lot of hats and a lot of wigs. You have got to keep up with me. It's going to be my assistant. <laughs> <laughs> well, Latanja, it was such a great time talking to you today. Uh, shout out your social media and all your links out there so everybody can catch up with you and follow you. So, yeah, I am underscore Latangela on Instagram, on TikTok, and um. Facebook is Latangela Newsom, but it's I am Latangela as well. But you should be able to find me um, with Latangela Newsom. As far as grease bags, it's at grease underscore bags, I think it is on Instagram. Yeah, at grease underscore bags. But you can also go to greasebags.com as well, which is, you know, even more importantly, go to greasebags.com. Uh, grease bags with an S so you can learn more about the products. We're also available on Amazon. So if you guys love to order on Amazon, you can find grease bags there as well. And that's it. Um, still trying to build up a YouTube channel. So there's a couple out there. So don't worry about it. You'll stumble across it. <laughs> All right now. Y'all heard her out there. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I'm going to take you guys behind the scenes more on stuff, you know. But again, now I'm just trying to keep up with, with the pace. So. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, until next time, I am Quay Morgan Hill along with Kevy the Dreamer. We are the official 90s Babies podcast presented on 80s, 90s, and 2000s vibes. So go check us out on Instagram, Facebook, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, all that good stuff, you guys. Until next time, we love y'all. Thank you so much Bye. for your time, LaTangela.